do you feel like you're carrying a lot of burdens in your life? Or perhaps you're the kind of Christian who runs from helping other people fix their problems. Well, on today's podcast, we're going to be learning how to be a Christian who carries the burdens of others well. So turn to Galatians chapter 6 and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Well, hello there, my friends. Glad to be with you here on Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Today is podcast 181, and we're going to be diving into Galatians chapter 6. Now, if you're familiar with this book, you know that this is the last chapter uh, in this letter, if you will. And the theme that we're going to be spending time developing in the next few podcasts is how to restore burdened people. Today's message particularly is on bearing one another's burdens. And we're going to be looking at verses one through five in a minute. And perhaps you saw that title and it inspired you. You, you have been looking around your life and you've been discouraged by the lack of care that people show perhaps in the Christian community, which is unfortunate. Uh, there's very little charity or people not making effort to minister to the needs of people around them. And you want to be able to do that more and be a great example to people. Perhaps you're burdened for the people who are marginalized, people who have been pushed aside, people who are overlooked all the time. And you want to find ways. Maybe you want to start a nonprofit Maybe you want to start a ministry at your church. Maybe it's in your, your your workplace, your school, or your neighborhood. And so you saw this title, and you want to learn how you can bear one another's burdens. Maybe you're going through a divorce or separation, or there's conflict that is going unresolved, and you want to find ways to, uh, you know, take the burdens of these people in a loving way, and 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 to minister to them, to amend uh, the, the brokenhearted. And I say to you, may the Lord use you, my friends, because that is the Christ way. That is walking in the spirit like we saw in Galatians chapter five. And so as we jump into this particular study on restoring burdened people, we will see today in these first five verses that you either do it in a spirit of gentleness or you do it in a spirit of pride. Now, I don't need to tell you the right way. You know the right way. We all, we all want people to come to us every time in a spirit of gentleness. And we likewise ought to turn and to extend that same care and appreciation to show that same kind of value to others, to come to people in a spirit of gentleness. And what's so amazing about this is as Paul concludes this letter, what did he do? He came to the people of Galatia in a spirit of gentleness and isn't that so refreshing, my friends, to have someone like Paul? Like when you look at your life and maybe there's a family member, a parent, a spouse, a pastor, a leader, that they practice what they preach. Isn't that refreshing? Especially in, our, in the day and age that we live in when there's so much controversy and backlash. Just recently I was reading an article about the former president, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr., who is, you know, resided over the largest Christian university, Liberty, and come to find out there's a huge scandal uh, where there was infidelity in his marriage. A lot of just sick 
twisted things. Now, a lot of people had their suspicions that didn't know him personally, were not around him day to day. There was just something off. Well, come to find out, he was not living a Christian life. He was living a life of hypocrisy and in constant sin. And it just speaks to the bondage. And it's so it's sad because you look at someone like that, at that level, at that caliber, and you're thinking, you know, it. I want him to be a servant of Christ. I want him to be an example to the millions of people uh, that that school and that ministry impacts. Yet, you know, the sad news comes out that he was not doing that. And there was a spirit of pride there. So today I do hope and pray as you are self-reflective that you look around right now and you say, Lord, am I coming to people in a spirit of gentleness or do I come to people in a spirit of pride? Think of the people in your life who have come to you in a spirit of gentleness, who've corrected you in a loving way and ask yourself, do you do that to others? Have you taken that example and applied it in your life? So I do pray that this is a blessing to you guys today as it has really convicted me because when I was reflecting, there are many times that I was thinking in the past that I came to people in a spirit of pride. I knew best and, and I didn't feel like they did. Or when I saw something that was not wrong, that was not right, that it was wrong, the way in which I came up, you know, I approached that person, I came about, it was wrong. And so I pray as we go through these five verses that it will really speak to your heart. So let's read this together here in Galatians 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Then verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. And then the final verse here, verse five, for each will have to bear his own burden. Now, what's interesting about these five verses is they are, they're like individual mottos. They're like standalone truths that Paul packs in here because he wants to teach the Galatians how to do what he did to them. And that's true mentorship. If you go back and you see Paul was teaching the Galatians about sound doctrine Remember he said in Galatians 1 that he did not teach them a false doctrine. And if any other person, even an angel, he says, taught you anything contrary to what I taught you, let them be accursed. They, let them be anathema, right? They are not teaching according to scripture. So he was laying that out in chapters 3 and 4. Then as we just concluded in chapter 5, this is what a Christian looks like in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the kind of fruit that they will have. And we looked at various different passages about by their fruit, you will know them, particularly in Matthew chapter seven. So now here in chapter six, Paul wants to focus in on how Christians ought to deal with specific issues that rise in the church, because he is in faith, believing that the Galatians are going to read this letter. And at this point, and notice he refers to them as brothers they're going to turn from their false ways and they're going to, in a spirit of gentleness, minister to the needs of people around them. And so he's believing that in faith. And what's amazing is, and I love this, and I skipped over this, um, you know, for so many years. And recently when I was studying this, I, I, I saw this in verse one, that Paul, he lays out a precept for Christians to live by, and that is to restore 
others back to God. You know, I have often told people based on 2 Corinthians 5 and something that I try to live by as a Christian and as a pastor, and that is we are in a ministry of reconciliation. So everything that we do has to point back to that reconciliation. What does that look like? And if, if it's not really there, then we have to question it. And most of the time, I would say, um, go a different direction because we are in a ministry of reconciliation. And so likened to that, when I look here at Galatians chapter six, verse one, you see this, this precept for us to live by, and that is to restore others back to God. So every day when you and I wake up, we want to honor the Lord. And one way to do that is say, Lord, how can I restore people back to you? Well, what Paul points out is that there are people out there who are caught in transgressions. Now, this is a very chosen word that he's conveying here because the word here caught means to be caught off guard, to be overtaken, to learn something by surprise. Now, there are two implications that unfold here. Number one, this is referring to a person who's caught committing the sin and they're startled by it. Okay. So they're experiencing a form of shame as a result. The second implication is that this person's life has been slipping into the snares of sin. So they're a bit confused. They're struggling. Uh, they may not be as wise or mature. They may uh, not have been disciple. I would actually say, based on the implication here in the context, that they haven't. They're newbies, if you will. They haven't had someone come alongside them and teach them how to manage their checkbook, if you will. Um, you know, how to uh, be constructive in a particular job. They haven't had somebody model it for them. And so this phrase here, that they are caught in any transgression, that means a lapse or falling aside from walking in the path of the Holy Spirit. So they're doing something that obviously is contrary to the Spirit. I love what Kenneth West says, you know, talking about the, the descriptiveness of who this person, this Christian is. He says, here the apostles speaking of the case of a Christian who while desiring wholeheartedly to do the right, yet does the wrong because he is not availing himself of the God-appointed method of living the Christian life. His sin is not, therefore, the deliberate violation of God's will in his word, but a lapse into sin through a helplessness to prevent it. A helplessness, however, self-imposed in this case, for the Galatians had had the minister of the Spirit taught to them by the apostle who has recorded his failure as a Christian when living under the law. End quote. So one of the things that we see right off the bat is there are Christians, you guys, in our lives who are going to slip up. They're going to make mistakes. We make them, we make mistakes. I've had people, thank God, who have come alongside me in my life to help redirect me or to challenge my intentions or even ask what my intentions were or why did I do whatever it is that I did or didn't do whatever it is I should have done but they came to me in a spirit of gentleness. And, and the person who does that, the Bible refers to, Paul says specifically here, is a, someone who is spiritual. And it doesn't say someone who's better, but someone who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, just like this Christian who's caught in this, in, in this trap, in this transgression. But this person who is spiritual who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit and filled by the Holy Spirit and is bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 16. This is the person who's called to minister to a stumbling Christian. Now, perhaps this Christian, who's the spiritual one, who's more mature, not better, okay? But somebody who's more mature, perhaps maybe they are coming to somebody who's trapped in alcoholism, 
um, not to a large degree, but they, they like to party, let's say, and they've had experience. They've, they've had relapse in their past. Maybe they came out of an alcoholic family, then an alcoholic father, whatever. And so they're going to be a lot more sensitive and gentle because they too have gone through what that person's going through. And so they want to restore this person. Now, as we learn how to take the burdens of others, to care for others in our lives, there are going to be several admonitions that Paul's going to lay out here to do, to do exactly that. And the first admonition here that we see in verse 1 is to restore that brother or sister who's caught in this particular sin. Now, the Greek word here is katartizo, katartizo. And it is a reference to a dislocated limb or mending of fishnets. So the idea carries with it the need to piece back together something broken. Remember, the precept here is to restore people back to God. That means to mend, to fix something that has been separated or broken, to piece it back together. That's the ministry that you and I are called to do in the lives of people because we are dealing with people who are broken If you're listening and you have gone through a lot of heartache and pain, you know what I am saying. And so this spiritual Christian comes in a spirit of gentleness. They come to piece back together a person who's caught in sin. Another translation is a spirit of gentleness because it's conveying that when a Christian who is the spiritual one sees someone caught in sin, they don't come to them. They don't react in in violence. They don't come with high emotions. They don't come with arrogance. They don't come to belittle or argue that person out of sin. And so even if this sin that this person's committing is a scandalous one or it's harmful, the emotions of a spiritual person, a gentle person is under control. And that gentle person, their focus, their devotion is to love that sinner all the way to total recovery. Dr. Charles Stanley, I love what he said. He said, quote, we must watch the spirit in which we confront the fallen one. We must be firm, but gentle. We are to confront them in a spirit of gentleness. Hurting people can be a fragile as glass. They don't need our condemnation. We don't go to them in anger or to vent or hurt. We go gently, remaining sensitive to their agony we should not automatically interpret their inability to express grief as a lack of remorse or repentance. They may suffer so greatly that they can't get close to the physical tears for which their souls weep. We must remain firm in our effort to bring the sin into the open, but we need to do so with gentleness and respect. I love that. That is so true. That's what more people need in our lives, my friends. I should say in their lives, and we need that in our lives. And so it's only through the Holy Spirit that can empower such a person to respond in a spirit of gentleness. When you go back to that study that we did in Galatians 5 about bondage leaders, remember bondage leaders don't care. They don't care for people who are trapped in sin. Matter of fact, they put them in sin. They, They put more bondage in that person's life and it caused that person to struggle even more and have more sorrows in their life. And I love what Jesus said in Matthew 23 verse 4. He says, and they tie up heavy loads and they lay on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move with so much a finger. A person who comes in a spirit of gentleness, a spiritual Christian, a mature Christian, is not going to overburden that person with the burdens that they're already going through. You care enough to see 
what's going on in people's lives. And then you care even more so in faith to help carry that load. Now, when that happens, the Bible does tell us here to keep watch of ourselves. So the first admonition is to restore someone who's caught in sin. And the second one is to keep watch of yourself. So this second admonition is for Christians to pay close attention to their spiritual walk with God. So as I'm paying close attention to the people around me, making sure they're good, they're okay, they're being taken care of, they're being loved, I need to pay as close attention in my own life. Because the word here, consider, means to look intently, to observe with diligence. So Paul warns the more spiritual Christian to avoid being prideful and condescending to those who have fallen, at least they too would slip up. So that is so important, you guys, as we carry the burdens of others in our lives. So the second verse here now is bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Followed by that precept in verse two, God get, or excuse me, Paul gives this principle, fulfill the law of Christ. So we are commanded, as you and I know, to love our neighbor. But we're also commanded to love our enemies, Matthew 5, 43. We are called to bear one another's burdens. Now, carrying a load, this was an involuntary task that was given to soldiers in Paul's day and also slaves. But what Paul says here in giving this third admonition is that Christians are to voluntarily aid those who are burdened by various trials in life. We are not to be forced, right? You can't force someone to love. You can't force someone to be a servant. You are to serve because you do it in a humble, gentle fashion. Now, the Greek word here for burdens is baros. It implies the incapability to carry the crushing weight alone. So that's another thing that's so important, you guys, when we are in the business of restoring people back to God is we look at people who are marginalized. We look at people who get caught up in some mess and they can't get out of it. It's too overwhelming for them. I, I can't tell you how many stories as a pastor where I've seen people live a life, get caught up in something, and they don't know how to get out of it. And, and, and it, with tears in their eyes. I mean, just desperate. I'll never forget this couple years ago were in my office and they were in such a mess with their marriage and their relation with God and with their children. They were both just out of their seats on the floor holding each other, begging for help. And so when, when the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens, we recognize that we can't do it in and of ourselves, but it's the act of the Holy Spirit in and through us to use us as a vessel and realizing that this burden that God has called us to meet, to carry, is crushing this believer. And so we want to, just like if you saw something fall on someone, you want to help take it off of them. And so these burdens, they're not just limited to sinful behavior. It, it could also mean sickness, family turmoil, anxiety, and financial strife. Romans 15 verses one and two puts it like this. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. See, it's our obligation. It's our duty. We are to volunteer aid, not to please ourselves, Paul writes here in Romans 15, but in verse two, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. 
1 Corinthians 10, 24, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I mentioned Philippians 2, 4 earlier. Let each of you look not only uh, out for his own interest, but also the interest of others. So that is the spirit of gentleness. And we have these admonitions that we are to apply as a follower of Jesus Christ. But now notice the spirit of pride, verses three through five. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So Paul goes from dealing with a Christian who gets caught up in a particular transgression to now focusing on Christians in general who think more highly about themselves uh, than they should. And since every Christian can fall into sin, Paul's warning those who are more spiritual not to let pride enter their hearts and cause them to sin. I cannot tell you, and you know what? I am sad to admit this on the podcast in my pastoral ministry where I thought I was a big shot. And I, and I can't tell you in part, I lived that way because there were people who modeled that for me. So I thought, you know, maybe that's the way of the pastor. You know, have all the answers. They're the boss. Don't ever question them. So I thought, you know, in leadership, when I would execute a plan that just the sheep follow, I'm the shepherd. That's that's how I, I've, I've seen it modeled for me. And so that's how I'm, I'm to model it to other people. Totally wrong. God forgive me. And there are so many mistakes that I, that I did in life that I wish I could take back. But it's in those moments when you realize I'm deceiving myself. I, I am starting to think of myself in a way that is not honorable to the Lord. Remember back in Galatians 5, 26, Paul conveyed, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So you who are spiritual, you who are out there trying to restore people back to God, make sure that you are not thinking of yourself more than you should. Stay humble. Stay humble. And you also you, you you hear people and they say, stay humble, stay hungry, meaning, you know, never think that you've you've arrived. Always stay hungry for the righteousness of God. Because verse four says, but let each one test his own work. And so as we are careful not to think of ourselves more highly, as we are not deceiving ourselves, we have to test our work. And so Paul presents this fourth admonition to the Galatians in testing, because you see Christians who look out for others, they need to be careful to examine their own intentions, to ensure that our intentions are not impure, to make sure that our minds are not filled with insidious comparisons, that we're not just going around judging other ministries or comparing our minister with another or comparing our family with another or comparing our marriage with another or comparing myself with another. We have to make sure that we are doing what God has called us to do with great humility. Paul writes to the Corinthians, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are committing themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, 
our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. And then he says this, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Because ultimately, you guys, Paul says it because we get our commendation. We get our approval from God himself, not from man. And remember going back to Galatians chapter one, he said in the beginning, my approval does not come from man. I don't come to please man. I come to please God. So each person's work is to be measured against the standards of God, not himself or not another. Every Christian, each one of us who know Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will stand before Jesus one day and we will give an account of the actions, of our actions, of our intentions, of our thoughts. Romans 14.10, why do you pass judgment on your brother or or you? Why do you dispose your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment of God. So keep that in mind, my friends, that we need to make sure following this third admonition, or excuse me, this fourth admonition, that we are to test our work. Are you faithfully executing the things that God has called you to do? And last, we see here in verse five, for each will have to bear his own load. So in verse two, Paul, remember, he's, he stated that we are to bear one another's burdens. And now here in verse five, he's telling the Galatians to bear his own load. Now, these are two different terms that are being used because the word here in verse five for load is, is fortuan. It, it was a manageable cargo. That's what it, it's, it, he's taking the term from a manageable cargo. So a simpler rendering would be like this, quote, for every man must shoulder his own pack. So what it seems to me here in the context is that Paul's referring to uh, these Christians who need to be self-reliant. Again, they're not thinking themselves more highly. They're not deceiving themselves. They're testing their work and they're able to live self-reliant lives. They're living out their obligations. They're not messed up. Because if, you, if you're living a messed up life, you can't help others who are messed up. So I hope and pray as you look at Galatians 6, 1 through 5, that you're coming to people in a spirit of gentleness. And if you see a Christian who's caught in a particular sin, and it's not like a major, like a pattern of unrighteousness, but there's some slip ups, come to them and, and, and care for them, help them. And if they're caught up in something and they don't know how to get out of it, remember you who are more spiritual, you're to carry that burden with them. You're to help them be restored back to God and teach them about grace, teach them about the love of Jesus. You know, if they don't know, and I found this to be true with so many Christians, they get lost, they're unproductive. They don't know what their spiritual gifts are. They don't think that God is going to use them because they keep blowing it. And you just kind of minister to them and tell them your story about how God has used you. And if God can use you, God can use them. So I pray that is a huge blessing to you guys as you look around your life and you're seeing the burdens that other people are experiencing. And I want you to pray like never before, God opened my eyes and opened my heart to care for the needs around me the way that you care for me. And I know when you pray that prayer and you in anticipation, right, are expecting God to do great things, he will do great things in and through you, my friends. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening, and keep standing strong in the Word of God.